You know what that sound means. Welcome to the most interesting part of your day. An exciting episode of the Metaphysical Mysteries with your intrepid hosts, Dr. Terry Trubla and Tom Greenhall. Always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you, the free and the brave. We encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items, links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests. We are excited to have you with us again. And as you know, this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field. We cover everything from ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, amazing healing sciences, and leading technologies that are simply the coolest. We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors, and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode. Good afternoon, folks. Hey, this is Terry and Tom with the Metaphysical Mysteries podcast. And today we have with us Audrey Yagala, <laughs> trying to get your name correct. Um, Audrey comes to us from the great state of Pennsylvania. And uh, I don't know if she's an Eagles fan or she's a uh, Steelers fan. We'll, we'll hold that for later. Uh, for, for those of you who are fans, uh, you'll still listen to her if I, I don't want to shut you out early. <laughs> so, but she is a Reiki master and she's been through NLP and certified there and uh, Theta Healing. Uh, as well as doing some shamanistic stuff, working with runes and so forth. Lots of different neat stuff. She's a writer, a healer, and a sage. Uh, and I've had the opportunity to interact with Audrey multiple times and always, always a blast, always fun. And uh, so, hey, Audrey, thanks for coming. I know you got a cool book coming out. Matter of fact, today, correct me if I'm wrong, but today is the day. It comes out on Amazon. It's called uh, Out of the Shadows. Is that correct? That is very correct. Well, cool. Very cool. Well, hey, tell us something about yourself. Um, that's a little intro that I had, but you know more about yourself than I do. So what's Where hanging? What's I going start? on with Audrey these days? Start. So I'm super excited about this book. Um, stepping out of a big comfort zone, stepping out into the world, telling my truth. My voice, my voice will no longer be silent. It's about a journey um, to healing. And a path that isn't a straight line was never a straight line. It had beeps and bumps and uh, spirals and lots of onion peeling. And it's about the modalities I used to get to where I am today. And in doing the paths to healing, I've also learned the path so I can help others. Okay. So for the folks out there, the listeners, um, Although you have all these psychic skills and stuff and had them before these, this, this issue related to the book, um, and you've had it since, but uh, this is about a pedophile priest who victimized you when you were a little girl, correct? That is correct. Yeah. I was, um, was groomed, uh, mm -hmm. chosen <laughs> out of many people who are money counters, and um, it proceeded and happened all throughout my high school years mm -hmm. um, ended freshman year of college. And um, I was the person who the attorney general of Pennsylvania spoke about who had the abortion paid for by the Roman Catholic church. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, and this, made, this made news. What it was a couple of years ago. It was this 2019. Am I got that right? Where it really made a lot of news. Cause I remember seeing it, although I don't live in your state, but I remember hearing about it. August 14, 2018. 18. Okay. 18. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's the day my children found out about my past. Okay. Wow. That mm -hmm. popped a bubble, didn't it? It sure did. Yeah. It I sure bet. did. Yeah. And on continue, different form of healing. Right. Different form of healing. Yeah. You know, now, my you know I want to ask you, cause you're, you know, I'm obviously you've got some expertise in this area. I mean, you, since all this happened, I'm sure you've had to do tons of research during your, you know, therapies and every other thing you've had to do to get yourself. Well, um, 
my understanding of the statistics I last saw, and Tom, maybe you'd jump in on this too, but um, it was four out of 10 uh, people have had some kind of a, b- abuse. Uh, and a lot of people believe that number is actually significantly higher than that. But th- I think statistically we can prove four out of 10. Does that sound fair? That sounds fair. It almost sounds almost too low, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I went to mail three books at the post office. And I was so excited. I said to the woman, this is the postmaster. This is a book that I wrote about healing from trauma, from sexual abuse. Sure. And she says, I'm a survivor. And I said, you are. And she proceeded to tell me her story. And then she said, I've never told anyone until you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Older than me happened when she was 10 and I'm getting emails already. And the book is just released. Amazing. I was too. Yeah. I was too. This is what happened to me. Right. But my story isn't only about what happened to me, though. It's giving hope. It's my hope that it gives hope to people that they can be whole, complete, well-functioning human beings again. Because, you know, the path path is is a bumpy road. And sometimes you don't see that light. It's my hope that the book offers light and different possibilities. Because cognitive therapy isn't the end-all do-well for many people. There's right. many different avenues. Absolutely. Tom, so, do you have a comment on that? Yeah, I think first and foremost, I want to say, um, I'm sorry you had to go through that. And no child should have to deal with that. There's too many layers of betrayal in that incident, especially being a priest that does that. So it can disrupt core values in many levels. Um, so that's the first thing I would want to say before we even start this. How did you find the path through it and out of it? You talked about different therapies and such. What did you end up using and how did you survive it, you know, mentally and such as you went through the, the years? Um, in the beginning, I was on a lot of medication, ended up in hospital twice. Um, then when I started doing the Reiki and the neurolinguistic programming Uh, It just seemed to ease the bumps a lot. It just seemed to to balance my energies. Um, How did I keep on going? (laughs) I had nieces that gave me my, my drive to continue for them. And then I had my children. And my children were the drive. And now I'm driven to end the ancestral things. I want my children to have a clean slate and their children to have a clean slate as best as they can. And I know a lot of this is just patterns through years and years. So there was really no one point or one modality that helped me the most. Mm -hmm. Although I must say that getting my soul parts back with the shamanic practice was indeed very, very, very powerful for me. Uh, as well as the theta healing. And I do breath work as well. And there's so many different layers of all these modalities. You know, I just can't say, do this because this is the best. It's all based on what you need at the time. You know, you might do Reiki for five years and find something else and it fits because that's where you are in your path. That's where you are in your process. Right. Exactly. Well, it's like uh, I tell people, it's like a plumber or a carpenter. They come to your house with a whole toolbox full of tools. And when they need the wrench, they get the wrench out. When they need the hammer, they get the hammer out. There's a, And there's an order in which you do these things. And so I would tell practitioners to try to broaden your scope as much as you can. And uh, you brought up one interesting point about um, heredity, and you want to make sure that they're clear. Well, we, scientifically, we have found out, and this was through Holocaust victims, that trauma has been passed down through the DNA to the children and grandchildren from Holocaust victims. So if you're a victim of this sort of um, abuse as well, that certainly could be passed down and needs to be addressed. And I don't know if it even skips generations from grandparent to grandchild, probably does. I don't think we know the whole story yet, but anytime you try to clear ancestral lines, 
I think that's what they're trying to talk about. For so for the, the listener out there who doesn't know what the hell we just talked about, <laughs> we just said here a few minutes ago. Let us say that uh, they have found scientifically that that is in fact a, a case which it passes down uh, through the generations. And sometimes you see that John, uh, well, well, with Tom and I in our police work, we would see two, three generations of families that have the exact same problems over and over, whether it is this problem of abuse through uh, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, or just drugs or whatever. And, and you know, as soon as you see the kid in kindergarten, boy, doesn't likely have a chance because look at the parents, look at the grandparents. And, and it's like in their being that this kid is going to end up in the same situation. So yeah, I mean, healing all those generational things would be great if it could be done. And with the right people and the right technique, you can make some real improvements. There. I do believe that it will come to pass that it will. Um, mm-hmm. They're studying epigenetics and that's what the scientific component is, is the epigenetics. So I always say it's going to be a great day when spirituality and science meet and realize they're all on the same page. Yeah, that's what this podcast is all about. You just named it. That's exactly what we're here for, because we're not that far apart. We just don't know how to communicate really well with each other yet. Yeah, you know, the theta, I mean, this all comes down to quantum physics, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Going beyond time, space, dimensions, realms, multiverses, and throughout the DNA. Right. It's all quantum. It's all quantum physics. It's all quantum healing. We just have to widen that narrow scope as a humanity and just expand. And we're there. We're coming there. Right. And I would encourage uh, the listeners, if you don't know what quantum physics is, look it up. <laughs> so I used to say in the academy, look it up and uh, you know, look at the definitions. What's quantum? What, you know, it's quantum physics. What are they? And kind of get a sense of it. So when people are throwing these words out at you, you can assimilate that and understand what they're talking about and apply it to the field in question. Uh, so, cause in our industry, like many other industries, uh, the woo industry comes up with a lot of woo woo terminology and we just take it for granted, but for the other average person out there, they're like having to learn this language on top of trying to really believe or not believe what we're saying is true or, or whatever. So I would encourage people to, to become the student and really dig in because that's the only way you're really going to learn this. You're not going to believe it. I tell people never to believe me. Go find it out for yourself. Uh, if you want to spend years and years doing it, fine. If you want to listen to my summary of it, that's great too. Uh, but believe me, you need to dig in yourself. That's very true. And you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it. Right. Right. And I had a surgeon one time tell me, he goes, you know, I think he says it's a, uh, the height of arrogance to believe just because I don't know something that somebody else doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes and we get ourselves into those, especially getting to the high level professions and they believe hey, if I was to know it, I would have known it every, you know, clearly, but no, that's not necessarily true. So I thought that was really real of him to say that. Very much so. Yeah. Tommy. Yeah. yeah you're right on with that. Um, the whole quantum piece that is the future. You know, it's kind of sad that all the stuff we learned in high school, is becoming obsolete really fast. Um, you know, yeah. if you really want to learn this, look at your elementary and middle school kids, their homework, and then you'll start to get a sense of the future, I guess, for us, right? Having to relearn everything. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to do the math that they're doing now. I'd have to go back to school for it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I circle around, I want to get a few more of those math genes. So, uh... <laughs> right. Yeah, I definitely want to get some more math genes for sure. But uh, um, so let me ask you this. Okay, so you go through this um, terrible situation for a number of years. And we've noticed, uh, as Tom and I have interviewed a number of people that um, people that are that are psychic mediums, they oftentimes have had some significant trauma, uh, a variety of traumas, but oftentimes same similar uh, situation is what you described. And it really forces them to go within themselves to find freedom, to find peace. And they make that contact with these uh, entities on the outside or what we consider the outside. It's really within. Um, it, did you find that the case that you really were able to focus yourself or needed to in order to move on? Oh, did I ever? <laughs> That's an understatement. Um, yes. I finally, at one point, 
after failed relationships, I'm like, this is enough. I need to go and love myself. You know, the, you got to love yourself. You used to drive me crazy. But until you go in and you pull all the gunk out and all the goo and you look hard and long at where it came and how it got there and you pull and you sit with it and then you release it, that's when you start healing. You have to be able to face that, that those dark shadows, those dark nights of the soul, of the the stuff you don't like you know when i used to work in the school system a little boy used to say but i don't want to get rid of my yuckies i like my yuckies when you want to heal yourself you have to be able to get rid of the yuckies and address them and well, let, me ask you, the face. let me ask you a question if you were to speak to your 12 year old self with all the knowledge and wisdom that you have now what would you advise your 12-year-old self to do? Boy, <laughs> I was pretty ferocious back then, even. Yeah. Because even when I approached him after a car ride, I went in and um, I would just have to, to say to her, it's okay to, to be strong, but it's okay to tell somebody too. Because I was that little girl who was fierce and fiercely independent and from a broken family. Like my family was just, my mom was in the depression. My dad was going through his stuff. I was the youngest of seven. I was flying solo essentially. So I was that spunky little girl, you know, um, who stood up for herself many times. And I did at that one moment, I would just say, keep on sticking up for yourself and yeah, it's so it's okay to use your voice to think, you know, just tell. Well, I've gone through this whole scenario so many times in my head. Right. Well, let me switch the question up a little bit and ask you this. If you were a parent and that 12 year old girl came to you and said, mommy, daddy, this is happening to me. What should a parent do? They should listen. They should hear them. They should ask for specific details and look them in the eye and tell them, tell me more. Mm -hmm. I want to hear more. I want to hear every little bit, even though it's painful. Tell me more and listen and trust that they're telling you the truth. That's what they need to do. Now, as it relates to breakthrough therapy. I'm going to call it that for lack of a better term. You talked mm -hmm. about many different kinds of therapy that like the layer of the onion. Okay. I get that. Mm -hmm. But was there one kind of therapy that kind of opened the can, so to speak for you? And you said, okay, I see light at the end of the tunnel. Was there, what was the first thing that you came across to go, okay, you know, this is, this is something I can actually deal with, you know. Theta healing mm -hmm. was for me, transformational in many ways because I thought I had a connection to God to source mm -hmm. but when Fred Salzman did the first session it was in a group and I said yeah I guess connect me to source and when I was sitting there in this quiet meditation I feel tears going down my face and I'm like oh there you go your big baby you're crying again right the meditation's over I go to wipe my tears and there's nothing there and he says, you were so tough to get back to source, but you did it. And I realized it was my soul crying for the reunion back to source. Right. That was pivotal for me. That was pivotal. Well, let's talk about Theta for a minute. So the listeners understand when you say Theta, what we're talking about, folks, is we're talking about the brain waves and being able to get your brain waves down to the to slower and slower um, uh, amount of brain waves and theta, we, we got gamma. I was really almost dead there at that point, you know, in a coma. And then there's theta and there's, there's beta. And I mean, there's alpha, you know, goes on down through the different brain waves. So what, what is the best way in your um, experience to get to a theta brain wave? You know, that's a tough question for me to answer because I can go like that. Yeah. Um, best, 
for, for anybody who wants just to sit in a quiet meditative state and visualize going up different levels. And as you go up different levels, your body is going into just this total relaxation mm -hmm. spot. And then trusting, mm -hmm. trusting your answers and trusting what you're seeing. Um, Cause the theta brainwave, your, your monkey mind isn't going a mile a minute anymore. Right. You're in that receptive mode. And um, that's where you can ask the questions, the big questions and the little questions in the theta state. And the biggest thing is to trust the answers that you're given instead of saying, who, me? Or you really think I should do that? Yeah, because that's, that's your brain, that's your higher self coming in and saying, yeah, do this, or this is what should be done. Right. And it's a, mag it's a really powerful place in the mind to be because everything else falls away. Right. Yeah. And for the listeners, just, I mean, a lot of people can walk around in alpha uh, almost. I mean, once they get to that certain level of peace, you're almost walking around in alpha all the time. And then if you just need to drop a little lower into theta, uh, it's not much effort to do that, you know, um, and you can tell those people, they, they just have a sense of peace around them when they walk in the room you can tell they're not all wound up and they just walk in and they're probably an alpha, um, if not shifting to theta at any second. Uh, they're right at that borderline. And for folks that want to do uh, biofeedback where they hook, hook your brain up and so forth, you can actually see those brain waves and start to get some handle on that from a, you know, doctors hooking you up and so forth. I don't know, Tommy, if you do any of that stuff or not with, uh, with your equipment. Yeah, we can measure some of that as well. We can see under stress loads, the shift in the brain waves, and we are predominantly at, for the listener, I guess probably the best way to know you're there is you're almost in that like daydreamy kind of state, or perhaps have you ever done something where you're like driving down the road and all of a sudden you realize you're where you're at, but you're like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. That's probably the simplest way to explain it for the person that's not really practiced in shifting those levels. Yes. Absolutely. And that, you know, when there's snowstorms out, we all live in states that have snow uh, and they talk about, you know, you see the snow coming and they always tell you to use your dim, dim lights. So you're not uh, using your brights. Uh, they'll put you in that, that state. It'll put you in alpha or in network theta very quickly. You can easily crash a car, be in really danger if you're not careful because uh, it can put you in a state of hypnosis and hypnosis puts you in alpha and or theta uh, as a, as a, master hypnotherapist, I can tell you, that's exactly where you're headed to. And it's that classic thing. All of a sudden I show up in my driveway and I do not remember the trip from the grocery store home. So you were there. Yes. I, I experienced that on my way home from Rochester yesterday. Yeah, you go. <laughs> it's like, how did I get here so fast? <laughs> yes, exactly. And time flies because you get outside the, the sense of time too. And that's when I do, uh, you know, hypnosis on folks, uh, we might be there for an hour and 10 minutes or something. And then they wake up and they think maybe seven, eight minutes. Right. And they yeah. just have no sense of time whatsoever. It seems like it's so quick, but in fact, they've been there for a long time. Yeah. It's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. So from a regular therapeutic point of view, psychologists and psychiatrists, is, did any of that play any role or did you just kind of stay away from that? Or did you engage that as well? Well, <laughs> I was in therapy for many years. I had psychiatrists. And um, at one point, uh, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I said, I don't want to do any more medication for now. Right. And I didn't go back on medication. Okay. My second day did. Um, I was in and out of like the, the Wellbutrin, the, the pharmaceuticals for a little while. Right. Uh, but now, no. Right. Now. Um, years of therapy and I had the best therapist. My last therapist was the best because I sat in her office and said, I love you. I like coming, but I don't want to keep on coming. What else is there? And she's the one who led me to shamanism Nice. and the soul retrieval. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. And the, the concept behind soul retrieval for the listener is that there's 
parts and pieces you've left. And of course, you have to believe in reincarnation, first off, mm-hmm. uh, or none of this is going to make any sense. So um, that you've left in past lives, potentially future lives, you left parts and pieces behind and you're trying to retrieve those things to make yourself whole. And uh, otherwise, some people will call it something different besides soul retrieval. They'll, they'll call it a lot of different things, but basically going back and ancestrally fixing and bringing it all together, healing parts and pieces so that you're sound in current day and time. And when you do that, then it makes all the rest of it before and after. If you think of it in a linear way, it's not really, it's a, it's a circle. <laughs> so uh, it's not linear like we think, um, but we think of it that way. So past and present and future is all in one line, but it's, it's truly not. It's all happening at the same time. But that's quite a concept. And so. may interject, um, a soul often leaves the body for even, even minor traumas like a fender bender, um, mm-hmm. getting yelled at by a parent can cause mm-hmm. a, a small soul retrieval. Uh, a big event can cause a soul retreat, like a soul to, to leave and not come back fully. So even if it's that little essence that needs to come back, when you bring that essence back in, your soul essence back, you're com- making a more of a complete full soul. And that's Absolutely. the essence of the soul retrieval. So I you can use that in, Yeah, I use that in a form. It's called tactical imaging. Yeah. It's a system that we use. And, and it, it is, does do exactly the very same thing. We don't call it exactly that because, mm-hmm. well, in a format that we didn't want to call it that, but that in, in effect, it's the same thing. Well, isn't it beautiful that there's so many modalities and healing means out there, but essentially you change the words, but it's all the same. True. hundred percent. You know, there's different ways of getting there and some take longer than others. And you know, there's different, there's different flavors for everybody who needs them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of healing and doing some of the psychic medium stuff, so you, you, we're going to shift you over to your business of psychic mediumship and, and so forth. And how is that going? I mean, wh- what do you do? Do you see people regularly or just do them over the phone or you do it on Zoom or how do you, how do you proceed? I do it over Zoom. Okay. Over Zoom meeting or I have people in person. I also do events. So I'll okay. do Oracle readings and you know, when I, when I do my things, it's, it's a lot of channeling. So I literally step aside. Oftentimes I say to my clients, if there's a question you need to ask when I'm in there, because I might not remember. Right. So I just, and whatever comes like, so if a client comes for neurolinguistics, not um, if a client comes for Akashic records session, to me, when I go into a Akashic record, it doesn't mean a thing if you're a Cleopatra. So what? So what? What does that mean in this lifetime? It means I don't have is, is there <laughs> Is there something that is from that lifetime mm-hmm. that is being presented in this lifetime that needs to either be healed or brought forth? Right. So I might not get that you were a gladiator but I might get, you know, that, well, maybe you were, but maybe you were a gladiator and something happened and there was a forgiveness that needs to happen or a reconciliation that needs to be happening or a contract that needs to be ended or a vow or a commitment or there's magic involved or oaths. So that's all cleared through time, space, dimensions, realms throughout the entire DNA when I go into the records. So I figure if we're in there, this space is wide open for healing. They've come to me as a client. They want healing. Cool. So I think the Akashic Records is absolutely fascinating. And and for the listeners, just keep in mind Akashic Records, what we're talking about there is uh, what Christians would call the book of life. Um, And and it's it's a record of your soul and your soul memory from, from the beginning of time. Uh, and what all you've experienced as a soul, what different bodies you've been, whether you've been male, female, black, white, Asian, Indian, whatever, doesn't make any difference. All those experiences, whether you're on this earth or someplace else, those are all recorded. And so you have the ability. And I think Edgar Casey um, from the ARE Association for Research mm-hmm. Enlightenment, uh, of course, now dead, but uh, the great sleeping prophet, uh, he really, really used the Akashic Records a lot to give part of his 14,000 readings in his lifetime. 
And I think all of us have kind of pivoted off of some of that uh, experience and material. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, so whose record am I going into? <laughs> I don't care. You can use either one of us. We're both good training dummies. If you want to, you want to give it a whirl. Tom, whatever you would like. I'm a game. <laughs> okay. All right. So <clears throat> I need to do a disclaimer here. So I release on people's behalf. So if I cough, sneeze, burp, dry heave, it's, it's okay. My body is not affected. I have no recollection. It's just the way I remove and release things on people's behalf. And, and I'm, not affected. It kind of sounds crazy sometimes when I'm coughing or doing something, but I'm perfectly fine. Also, sometimes my hands go, sometimes I'll start speaking light language, different languages. Um, so just so you know. So let's set sacred space, shall we? Sure. Okay. So as we are sitting in this sacred space, of safety and sovereignty, we call in what I call the umbrella team of Red Rock, Hazmat, Absorption, Guardian Circle Protocol, and Hitchhiker Shield. Knowing that we are sovereign, we call in our divine soul star families, our spiritual teams of highest light residents of truth and integrity. We call any others of light, of good, to come and be with us in this sacred space. Space is set, is done. Tom, do I have your permission to connect with your higher self, your spiritual team of highest light and resonance and access your Akashic records. Absolutely. Is there any question or anything that you would like to know offhand? Um, Are you pressing? Nothing pressing. I would say probably what is it that I need to know? Okay. What's the most important thing for me to know right now? He does need to know what's causing some heart palpitations. Okay. So they're giving me just a silly little saying, and it's not silly. It means a lot. So in the end, kindness truly only really is what matters. And that's even before we get into the records. And they're telling me that you live your life following that motto, that kindness truly does matter, and that you put it your heart into everything you do. The shadows of life tend to follow you and tap you on the back, on the shoulder. And they keep on saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you look at them with glaring eyes and you infiltrate their being. And it's almost like instantly they're gone. You have that ability to make darkness disappear just like that. Okay. We didn't even get in the record yet. <laughs> there was a book put out a while back called Many Lives, Many Masters. And that that's they're telling me that was a pivotal book for you have you you've read that and was it pivotal indeed uh, i have not read it. i have heard of it though so perhaps it's time that you read it mm -hmm. it's it's um dr brian weiss yes um i mean doc uh, dolores cannon has done much work after her after him but they're suggesting you read that many okay. lives many masters it's a simple book um 
Why is this important? And they're telling me, I asked why it's important and they're telling me that it's important because you will start to find that you, as you keep on attempting to master this life, there's a part, many parts from many different lives that are bleeding through that want to present themselves and in your forensic field of study, you have indeed researched and, and followed darkness, the path of darkness, such as Jack the Ripper. Um, you were very analytical in that and you knew who it was. You knew who, who, who that criminal was in that lifetime. And um, even though you had the forensics and, and, and the science behind it, you were you were laughed at and scoffed at and they literally turned their shoulders to you mm. in that lifetime um but you knew who it was and you were correct in that lifetime who it was <sighs> it was that lifetime that you are carrying forward in this lifetime because you are having more fact-based things coming forth and more ways to prove prove different things and not necessarily only forensics but the psyche the mind mm -hmm. and the pathways that criminals walk and you try to trace them back to their hmm, points of origin to to Correct it, to correct it. Does that resonate with you? Uh, I think that's probably more along the line of the counseling, trying to get to the core issues. Okay. Probably where that applies more accurately. Almost okay. accurately. But it is intertwined in, in, a, in a spun kind of way and as a web mm -hmm. with the... They're showing me that you get to the point and it's also oftentimes very deductible making deductions and helping them find their pathways by you connecting their dots, mm -hmm. but not in a way that gives them the information, but helping them. Correct. But helping them. So they just said the words Jesuit priest. <clears throat> you were pre a Jesuit priest in a lifetime. And in that lifetime, 1500s, um, I see the bell ringing. And you lived a very, hmm, you lived a very pious life, but you, even the, very religious, very spiritual life, but you were very well taken care of by the community. You were lavished with with good food and and not prosperity, but but abundance of of the necessary things you needed because you were very revered in that lifetime, and people came to you for solace, um, and they came to you for reconciliation with their with their god and there's a thing with um with medicines with tinctures that you did when they were ill too so not only were you a jesuit priest but you were also in the healing arts as a jesuit priest which was very perhaps not looked upon positively um but you didn't care these were your people and in, and you helped your people no matter what. And your people knew you had that. Your people in that lifetime knew that you had their back. And in the same, they had yours. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful symbiosis in the community. 
Um, do you study the old ways of medicine? I have. I'm actually uh, completing a doctorate in natural medicine right now. Yes. That's where it's coming through. Yes. Um, may I download the information from that lifetime into your field? Sure. I have your permission. If that helps my dissertation go simple, game on. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Bringing forth the lifetime where you knew the herbs, the medicines, the plants, where you made the tinctures, where you cured. But all these lifetimes, there's multiple lifetimes coming together. Six lifetimes coming together. I'm seeing a globe of gold spear above your head and it's just slowly coming down into your crown coming over and into your whole head and it's traveling down into your throat down into your heart going down to your feet cycling back up to your heart and resting into your heart space. When you connect with your mind's eye to your heart and you're writing your dissertation, they're saying to connect with your mind's eye, your heart, and let it flow out your mouth or through your hands. And the information will flow more readily and more easily to you and the knowledge base will come to you. Take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. And how's it feeling? Same, different? No, oh, good. Good. Do you have any questions? <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to have a million when we end this session. Um, okay. <laughs> that's usually okay. When they okay. Um, I'm going to close your records. I'm going to disconnect. Okay. Yeah, that was good, huh? Yeah. Audrey, I got a little something for you while you were doing that. You want to hear it? Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, they started out and they said, uh, you're a mountain climber, which is, they say, attack and conquer, which is obviously giving a sense of what you are as a human being. I mean, you, you climb mountains, the big, big, big projects in front of you and you go after it and then you conquer it and you do it. It says, be of good cheer. It says your, your Chiron has been accomplished. Hmm. It says a, a finishing school is your current status. It says ideals will be accomplished finally as you might say, and as your mind might say. So ideals, not ideas, ideals uh, will be accomplished as your mind might say. Uh, we're kind of relating to 
the human mind. It says, although you were never off track, uh, even though it felt that way, it says forthright speech. Get to it here. I'm trying to jot it all down. Comes so fast. Forthright speech serves you well. It says love must permeate your being, your thoughts, and your mannerisms in any interaction with your fellow man. You're already doing that. Mm -hmm. it says unto you will be given a communication method, which will connect you to spirit, spirit records, and your fellow travelers. Be appreciative of your journey. Thank you. Well, that was just the overall message. Um, which I thought was nice, but you're a mountain climber. So how about that? I guess you would concur with that. So I sure do. <laughs> Thank you. That's a beautiful message and something I needed to hear. It's been quite a couple of weeks. So yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're in a finishing school. How interesting is that? So your Chiron, uh, now that goes back to, um, and I'm not an astrologist, but I've stayed at a Holiday Inn overnight. So, um, but <laughs> the Chi Chiron, I believe, is the, is the big major hurt of your life that people come in with and you're done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of a, and I don't claim to be an astrologist, but I believe that's, that's the big deal there. And then you move into kind of your, mid heaven and some of the other things, but basically what they're saying is you're, you're now able to accomplish your ideals, you know, what you would say were ideals in your human mind. So awesome. very, very exciting. So it, yeah, it. you weren't ever off track, although it felt that way. Many times it did Many feel times. that way. You but know, this was part of what you set forth. You, you climbed the mountain. You, you really did. This wasn't your first rodeo in this, um, situation. Uh, this had happened before, and in many other lifetimes. And so it was finally you said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat it this time. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna conquer," and you did. So yay! Yay! About go that. Me. Yeah. And then, <laughs> now you're go, and then it goes and talks about basically uh, forthright speech. Say it. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Um, that's going to serve you well. Say it. What's on your mind? You you need to get it out without hesitation. Um, and it says love must permeate your being. It already does, but even further. Um, so in, in your, all your thoughts and in your mannerisms and the manner in which you interact with your fellow humans, uh, fellow travelers, if you will, um, that's going to serve you extremely well. And it says unto you will be given a communication method. I think it's going to be unique to you, hmm. which will connect you to spirit spirit records, and your fellow travelers. So be appreciative of your journey because I think you're in the gravy area is what I call it. Okay. You know, the big, the big gooey junk is done and I think you're in yep. the gravy at this point. Yeah, icing on the cake. Yay. Yay. It's been quite a journey, right? Yeah. No and I kidding. have to share with you, um, a few months ago in a meditation, I was given an opportunity to leave. I call it a tap out. Sure. And they gave me a choice. X, Y, and Z could release the book or I can do this. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not yes. done. And my mentor at the time said, it's a gift. You can create the life you want. And I thought, oh, my, that's pretty big. That's mm -hmm. pretty big, big task me, right? <laughs> right? Right. So it is about using my voice and using my experiences and, um, all the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. And being the light. About, like not the not the hokey light. <laughs> like yeah. the light. The light. The real one. The real, the real one. light. Yeah. Not the, the real, real one. The real one. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally get that. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. So yeah. what, what what is it that you enjoy the most about when you give a reading? Oh, Jeeps. Ah. Oh. The freedom people feel, the relief they feel, mm -hmm. they feel lighter. And when I do theta and you're doing, if I do theta with somebody and they come back like weeks later and say, you know, my family says I'm different. Right. They can't put their finger on it, but they're different 
because their life shifts in such beautiful ways. They just don't understand it. And I'll say, well, your life is going to shift. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, right. And then they come back and say, wow, my family says this or this. And it's like, that's the beauty of it. About that. When when they start feeling, so the, one of the basic theta beliefs is I love myself or I hate myself. Mm-hmm. When you do those two and you shift them, people carry themselves different. They see themselves different. Mm-hmm. You know, and just even seeing that from afar is a beautiful thing. Right. And just knowing that the, just how they carry, the, just the lightness that they feel. And, you know, you never know what's going to come up. And, you know, so, sometimes you, I've, I've had a session that I connected with Jesus on the behalf of somebody. And Good the God. love. I highly recommend him. It was like, wow. It was, you know, it was, it was uh, indescribable, the love and the peace. You know, know, so for me, it's healing those. But the messages I get on a subconscious level, too. And it's profound for me as much as it is for anybody else. Yeah. Um, you want to look at my cash records for a bit? You want to see what you can what you can um, pick up? Um, even if you get to the quote unquote library, for, and for the listeners, when they talk about the library, some people see it as a library. And then they have to actually go look at your books. Other times it just opens up for them. Just depends. I don't know which way you do it, but um, just so, see, what, see, see what you see, how you see it. I, I'm, I'm always interested because I'm in a position, very fortunate, I realize that I'm in an extreme position to, to get a lot of readings from people, but I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by the interpretation of similar material in a different way because I think it's all 100% valid. Right. But right. how some people see things. But they're telling me that it, that <laughs> the Akashics aren't for you to be read right now, but the Halls oh, of Amenti are. Are you familiar with the Halls of Amenti? I'm saying it again. I'm sorry. I didn't hear The Halls you. of Amenti. Okay. That's what they're telling me. They're like, yeah, no. He's done with those. <laughs> yeah. so what am I yes. doing next then, since I'm done with the it's, Akashics? Yeah, it's okay. kind of like you've had so many readings in the Akash. It's almost like old news. Is what uh-huh. they're telling me. You've you've known so much. It's almost like regurgitation. Is what they're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. They got any okay. any plan they need me to do? Okay. Plan? Hmm. Whatever. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Do I have your permission to connect with your higher self? <coughs> your entire spiritual team of highest light and resonance and enter into the halls of Menti on your behalf. Why, sure. As long as you can talk the librarian out of it, I'm good with it. (laughs) (laughs) They're pretty guarded. Only thing, when you go into Terry's, it's probably going to look like a series of comic books. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Okay, let's see. Okay, this is the message. The light you shine is bright, but it is a dim bulb in relation to the glory of God. That does not mean that your light is not brilliant, nor does it need to be any brighter, but in comparison To creator source God, you are but a speck. As your soul evolves and begins to morph into something even greater than you are now, and yes, it is possible, (laughs) you will become lighter in density, for your density will fall away. And you'll say to yourself, how is this even possible? But rest assured, it is indeed possible. You are going into a new way of being that is 
of higher divine order and higher higher frequency of color and light. And in days and years to come, you will see sparkles on your skin like the sparkles of the sun. And this is because you truly are a part of the greater good. So the question I would pose while you're connected is we had an experience with a couple of people who have watched me. This has happened multiple times where my entire body, at least the upper portion of my body, completely turned into white light. Yes. And they wanted to know how and what that was. I did my explanation, but I'll see if they have a better explanation. Essentially, what they are telling me is that this is just an indication of the light body you will be becoming. And it's almost like the rainbow body that um, Master Jesus and um, other lineages of Tibetan descent from the Tibetan descent is what they're telling me, have strive for the illumination. You are becoming, and what they have seen is the illumination of your body as it is going to be. Hmm. Glistening like the sun, the sparkles of the, the, the hmm. I just see your body just sparkling and glistening like, like little diamonds all over your body. And what they experienced was you in a semblance of a fine, one of your finest hours is what I'm being told. But these finest hours that you held at that point will be carried forth and you won't lose it. It won't be coming in and out anymore. It will just be like that. For those who have the gift of sight, who have the gift of knowing, who have the ability to, to see beyond what the eyes show us, you will indeed become a light body walking planet Earth. So that is just a glimmer of what you were shown. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any final parting words they need to leave with me? The journey is not for the faint of heart, but you have shown the strength of your heart, strength of your body, then the strength of your mind and your spirit. And all those who might try to oppose you by being naysayers will fall aside at the wayside. As you continue to ascend in your full glory, you will amass a mass of people, followers, so to speak, and they will seek your guidance. It is important for you to remember to follow your heart and leave ego at the door. Very good. Thank you. Yay. Yay. How about that? Very cool. Cool stuff, huh? Cool stuff. I think um, people will be intrigued, you know, to think of possibly getting a reading for themselves and, you know, what impact that has on, on them. And, they're, they're, and I, I want to caution people, too, that from a professional reading point of view, I, I always tell them, you know, no more than twice a year is, I mean, do not get dependent on a reader because, and a, and a true professional reader is not going to let you come back 
every week. They're not going to because you need to make these decisions on your own. Your path is yours to walk and it's not for someone else to tell you. Right. And I must add, though, that's the Akashic. Right. Theta is theta work is different. Yes. Because you can come back every week or or every other week or even once a month because you need that assimilation and adjustment time. But you right. can continue doing work. I I do theta work on myself daily. Sure. Sure. Daily. I agree 100 percent. Yeah, that's exactly what you should be doing. And for those who don't know what that is, there's some great books out there. Theta Healing uh, is out there and you can read for yourself. And um, Theta classes are out there, but they're few and far between. They're not exactly easy to to find. And uh, they're a little pricey sometimes. But if you're really into digging deeper, then I would highly recommend, you know, a a person checking that out for sure. Yes, Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Nice, nice. Yes. Well, you know, hey, this has been fun uh, to go been. through and do this and to see what you do, Audrey. And, um, you know, and I think your book um, will really shed light to a, a dark area that needs to be opened up. And, and yes, there are people that have been doing this, but, you know, I think what you're going to do here in the, the angelic information um, and, and push that's coming from the other side for this is going to be really helpful. And you've already just seen the tip of the iceberg here of how many people you're going to affect and, and tap into. And so it takes great courage to come out uh, from the shadows, almost as the book says, and, um, you know, put your information out there for people to see and to peruse and uh, to learn from. And, Man, I, I totally agree with, you know, you had the older lady at uh, the post office that said, you know, I've had this, but I've never spoke about it. And, and it's true across the board in many of these, not only just, you know, situations like you had with some kind of abuse, but other people have had experiences with um, spirit in some form or fashion. I remember teaching a class. I'm down in like, Key West teaching a class, which is a nice place to teach. But I had a lady who was 70 years old and she told this whole entire elaborate story. And I said, how old are you? She goes, 70. I said, and this is the first time you've ever told it? She's like, yeah. She goes, I never had a format to tell it. If I told my mom and dad, they would think I was crazy and locked me up. If I said it at church, it made me a devil worshiper. If I said it at work, uh, they would fire me for being a nut. Uh, so this is the first format I've ever had to actually express something that's happened to me. And I think a lot of people with abusers, uh, you know, and I, almost every family that I can even think of, if you dig a little bit, has had this kind of abuse. And man, I think you're, what you're doing is just a great service. These people get an opportunity to speak and hear the story and find a, a way out of the yes. suffering. Because you, you're not, you don't have to be a victim your entire existence and you're never designed to be a victim. Everybody incarnates here for the purpose of love. And if you encounter this situation, first you got to love yourself and that's really important. And then, you know, find some of these great opportunities, whether it's Theta or it's, you know, regular counseling or whatever it may be. Let's do that. Let's get people healthy. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I, I didn't stay in the victim mode for long, a couple of years. Right. right. And then I moved to work. Then I moved to survivor. Right. And then I moved to warrior. She, she woman, right. Wonder right. woman. And then I moved to alchemist because she who masters her energy masters herself and masters her life. 100%. So, yeah. Yay. Good. And there's nice. hope. There's, well, there's hey, hope as we get ready it. to wrap this up, tell us again the name of your book and how people can find you. And, and if they want to find you for a meeting or they want to look mm-hmm. at your book, tell us the whole story. So we'll pop it up on the screen too. But uh, okay. tell us how the best way to get a hold of you is. I can be reached at audreyagala.com. There's a full website there. It okay. lets you know, um, you can buy the, it gives you a link to the book. Okay. It also gives you a link to services. Um, even from a basic consultation to see what you need. Sure. And then the Theta or the Akashic, or even if it's nothing that it's not a one size fits all. So we can discuss what you think you need and we can figure it out from there. So that's all on there too. Awesome. Awesome. Well, very good. And if they go on to Amazon, if they need to look it up or they're going to search it, give us the name they need to search. Out of the shadows. Out of the shadows. 
So, hey, folks, we're going to have this popped up. She's going to send a copy of that or the, the cover and Tommy's going to have that popped up on the website here. So we will have it on uh, the metaphysicalmysteries.com website and all of all of Audrey's contact information will be there. And uh, Tom, you got some wrap up information there. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming forth and telling your story. Um, over the years, I've had the I'll call it the honor and the privilege to work with many survivors of that type of trauma predominantly from the first responder and military fields. And it's a hell of a path to have to walk. But um, there's a lot of people that throw buzzwords out there. You know, I train people in resiliency and people don't even know what that is. Uh, but you're a living proof of resiliency where you surpassed where you were and actually grew from it and passing it forward to help others. So great example to others that have lived that pathway. I think you're going to make a hell of a difference. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, good. Um, Audrey, thanks for being here. And uh, man, I, all the best of success with your book and, and your practice as well. And uh, for everybody here at the Metaphysical Mysteries, hey, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back in the future with uh, some more exciting guests. And uh, by all means, look Audrey up on our website and, and see if you can't uh, get in and get a good reading from her and read her book and so forth. So, hey, we'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.